Welcome to the Double J Podcast presented by Lake Central Media. We're back after a week off on this actually not so cold Tuesday here in Northwest Indiana, about the high of 51. So we're enjoying the nice weather, a little sunlight, a lot of so we'll get to it. In the NFL, there was a lot of news. And first off, we're gonna talk about Saturday night. Antonio Brown has finally been traded. There were rumors, I believe, Friday night, those were the rumors, that he had been traded to the Buffalo Bills. A.B. reported, well, not reportedly, he went on Instagram on the NFL account and commented, false news. Now it's official, and he's excited. He is going to the Raiders for exchange of a third and fifth round pick. And remember, guys, the Raiders have three first round picks this year after trading Amari Cooper and Khalil Mack, and now they have Antonio Brown, and now, and don't, like I just said, they have more picks now, and one of the best receivers in the game. Who won this trade? You know what shocks me the most, Jack? You know what the Steelers gave up for, or Steelers got for, um, for trading Martavis Bryant? Probably nothing. A third round pick. (laughs) The only thing more that the Raiders Gave up to get Antonio Brown. What was a fifth-round pick. They gave up a third and fifth-round pick. That is, wow. John Gruden finally did something for once. Yeah, and to be honest, this seems like to me like John Gruden is um, starting to get a little, um, not desperate, but I think he's starting to realize the pressure's on because last year was a complete disaster in Oakland. Uh, That's putting it lightly. And yeah, to be honest, I think both teams won this trade in, in a way. I think the Raiders won it more because they got the star player, but the Steelers, yes, it does suck to lose Antonio Brown. And our good friend Matthew Florida, I think, perfectly re- represents Steeler Nation. <laughs> I saw one of his posts, I hate you, Antonio Brown, but, you know, I love you for all the memories, but I hate you. I think that perfectly represents how the Steelers feel, or Steelers fans feel about Antonio Brown. But they got, ri- but they got rid of him, and to be honest, I think it might be a good thing just because, listen, Antonio Brown was causing chaos. In that locker room, yeah. so much. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I do think he brought a lot of it on himself. Uh, I think him coming out and doing interviews and posting on his Instagram how he's having a meeting with the owner to get him traded. I that's I, respectable, though. It's a respectable way to do it. I don't know. To me, that just sends the wrong message. And I would not want Antonio Brown on my team just because I feel like the second things are not going his way. I mean, did you, you've seen the tamper? I remember a couple years ago. I'd love he to get, have him. He didn't get the ball thrown his way, and he threw a fit about it on the sideline. He was throwing, I think it was you the gotta, You, you got to realize that was Antonio Brown. He's the best, one of the best. You need the ball in his hands. Yes, you do, but I think I remember in the AFC Championship game, too, I think he was upset. Now, he reported this is fake news, but reportedly he was upset on the first drive when the Steelers scored a touchdown on the first drive against New England that he didn't get the ball thrown his way. I guess you could say that, oh, he's competitive, but... I'm sorry, I don't like his character. I think yes. the Raiders did a fantastic job on this trade. And the Steelers, they really just screwed themselves. If this works out for them, it's this. I, I saw this graphic on NFL on Instagram. I think this year Antonio Brown and the Steelers' cap is $21 million and dead, dead money, which means they owe him for not even playing for the Steelers anymore. I, I, that was on NFL, the Instagram, I'm pretty sure. I'm not 100% sure, but... You got to realize this is Antonio Brown. Um, he's one of the best in the game with De- DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, and et cetera, et cetera. But 
this is a great job for the Raiders. The Raiders, a team, like we said, they were an embarrassment to the NFL. John Gruden's first year was an embarrassment. They traded superstars like Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper, but got a lot of picks for them. Derek Carr was having problems with social media. It was really an ugly year, and for the Raiders to actually not – they got Trent Brown as well, so another Brown on the Raiders. It shows that the Raiders are making the right moves to build that team that we saw go 13-3 and after – I mean, before, you know, Derek Carr's injury. That team that was pretty dangerous. And we've had our doubts about Derek Carr. A lot of people can say he's overhyped. A lot of people can say he's good. I think this is I think this year is when we see a true Derek Carr, Antonio Brown, Jared Cook. I'm forgetting some people, but the thing is, Jordy Nelson. Jordy Nelson. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure if he's still on the team. The thing is, though, this trade is easily won by the Raiders, and I just think the Steelers just panicked and thought after the Bills drama, no one's going to want him. So they just decided, just give us the third and fifth round pick, and we'll call it even. But the Raiders easily won this trade, in my mind. It's it's a landslide, and a lot of Steelers are mad, but they got to accept it. Yeah, and Antonio Brown did have a great run as a Buffalo Bill. It lasted about six hours. I mean, I, 30 minutes after they posted it, he said it was fake news, so... I, really, I went to bed as soon as I, I really, saw it. I really want to know what the true dilemma was. I want to know what the they're, they're actually. And it was reported by Ian Rappaport. Yeah. This isn't some small reporter. That's why I want to know if this actually was a deal or was it just something he heard that was fake news. Was this another Josh McDaniels? And, I'm, and I'm sure he'll be asked you know, in um, interviews what happened with the Bills, and I'm sure he's not going to comment anything. But and maybe he doesn't even know. And Antonio Brown's Instagram yesterday, he's doing – Push-ups by the pool with Raiders gear on. His son's got a Raiders helmet on. I haven't really seen Antonio Brown this happy in a long time. It seems like he's he's happy with where he is, and Antonio Brown probably wasn't going to be too happy going to the Buffalo Bills playing no. with Josh Allen. I think he'd only like it with the big arm, but I really think I really think he can fit in the Raiders. And hey, Raiders going to Vegas soon as well. Now this is my thing though, a- Antonio Brown in Vegas. That's going to be interesting. That's, that's not going to That's that's showtime. Yeah, that's going to That's showtime. Well. That's money right there. That's showtime. The casinos and everything, the clubs. Antonio Brown. Yeah, Antonio Brown in Las Vegas. That's going to end well. That's a sight to see, I think. I I love to see Antonio Brown in Vegas. I think that's a great endorsement, a great market for him as well. I think it's also a place where um Let's, let's just say bad things can happen. Well, I mean, look at the Vegas hockey team. They haven't done anything bad yet. They're keeping their cool there. But this is also Antonio Brown who found a way to um, constantly get himself into ter- terrible situations in Pittsburgh without even going. I mean, remember when— Like he- I said, I think he'll be fine in Oakland or whenever they go to Vegas. I think they'll be fine. 2020, I believe. It's, it's something. They had tro- I think this year they're going back to the Coliseum. They're, they almost went to London. But I think Antonio Brown's going to fit well. I think the fan base is really good for the Raiders. I know it's going to be a little shaky after the move. But if they are in Oakland this year, it's going to be one heck of an environment. And I'm excited to see, you know, how this goes for him. Well, we'll talk about Antonio Brown a little bit more later. But uh, something we were going to touch on last week, we did not have a show last week. But... Kyler Murray is now reportedly expected to go number one. I'm happy about that. I, I, I just can't believe that the Cardinals are going to give up on Josh Rosen after a year. He's, I know Josh, or not Josh, or Jack isn't the big. No, 
biggest not, Josh Rosen fan. I did not like his game at all this year. Um, he's not the franchise quarterback. I mean, you can tell by how he looks or how he might. I know that sounds a little over the top, but he does not look like the franchise quarterback that's going to lead you to a Super Bowl. On the other hand, you've got a Kyler Murray and Cliff Klingsbury, the new coach of the Cardinals, did say he'd take him the number one pick. Where's Cliff Klingsbury from? Texas Tech. What conference is Texas Tech in? The Big 12. Oklahoma. Big 12. He knows how Kyler Murray is. He's seen him multiple years. Cliff Klingsbury wasn't going to be the OC at USC, I believe. I don't. And then he left. So I do think they should take him. And you can trade Rosen to a team that needs a quarterback. We've seen, we're about to talk about next, the Nick Foles signing. Teddy Bridgewater on the Saints now, there's going to be room for him. The Dolphins, the Panthers, the Giants maybe need a quarterback. I think you do take him number one and try to get a trade package for Rosen. I don't think so. I don't think you can give up on Josh Rosen after a year. His offensive line was ranked 32nd on pro football focus. Um, And he faced the seventh toughest schedule of pass rushes. And he played five top ten pass defenses. He played eight top 15. He played against the Bears. He came in for Sam Bradford in that game. I remember yeah. that. And he basically he started basically the whole season other than weeks one and two and three. And he started through weeks four and 17 and basically had nothing. His head coach got fired. I, I just don't see the potential in this guy. I mean, you could say he doesn't have the weapons. But I thought he was the most NFL-ready quarterback coming out of the draft. Maybe that's... Overrated? I think he's overrated. I do. I, I Honestly, on my scale, I had of quarterbacks, I put Mayfield one. Jackson two. Jackson two. Yeah, Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Lamar. Yes. Numbers mm-hmm. before the draft. Yeah, mobile quarterback is huge in the NFL this day. You see it all the time, and that's why I like Kyler Murray. But like I was saying, Jackson was two. Number three was Allen. Number four was Darnold, and number you know was Rosen. I was I the last two I'm not a fan of. I really despise them. Especially Sam Darnold. I, I think do. I think what's funny is uh, Lamar Jackson. I thought was the least NFL ready. No. I did not think he would play. His he, first year, I was de- wrong. Well, he's going to be starting now. Yeah. He deserves it. And I thought Darnold and Rosen would be the best ones out of this draft class. That prediction's not looking too good for me after one no, year. No, Darnold. And I thought Allen could be a bust, being a to Nerd- be honest. Being a Notre Dame fan, I got to see Darnold play when he played Notre Dame for USC. He's a turnover machine, and I don't want that on an NFL team, especially a young guy. I just don't want that. But the thing is, someone they said he was the most raw quarter, one of the most raw quarterback prospect, prospects yeah. since Andrew Luck. Andrew turnovers. Luck, Andrew Luck threw a lot of turnovers. That doesn't mean you can't be still, successful. Sam Darnold just makes too many mistakes. I mean, he did blow. To Andrew Luck still makes too many. Turnovers. I mean, remember this: when the Jets were up on the Browns, Baker Mayfield came in and Sam Darnold couldn't answer, and the Jets blew a lead and lost to the Browns, and all everyone in Cleveland got free beer. Just remember that. I don't take that with too much. Uh, and, a consideration. And talking about quarterbacks, Nick Foles. I can't say it, but Nick Foles is now going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And you know this means? The Blake Bortles era is gone. Nick Foles is reportedly signed to a here you say on here a three year was it three years? Eighty eight million. Yes. The Super Bowl MVP, the man who is kind they kinda of say unbeatable in the Playoffs, it wasn't for an Elshon Jeffrey drop. You never know what could have happened. Is finally getting a starting position that people think he deserves. Like we said, Jaguars are dropping um, Blake Bortles. And this is going to be interesting. This is interesting in my mind. Nick Foles is a quarterback that has made a lot of noise. He once threw seven touchdowns in one game. 
He's also been really bad. <laughs> this is interest. This is better than Blake Bortles, though. I think we can both agree. Blake Bortles was just horrendous. I think uh, Nick Foles has always thrived when he's had a uh, great coaching. Remember when he played with uh, Andy Reid? This se- last two seasons, he had Doug Pearson when the Eagles. He's uh, one of the greatest coaches ever. Had Andy Reid. Thought you were saying Doug Pearson no. for a second. Uh, but I think that Nick Foles has thrived when he's had help around him, and. To be honest, yes, he is a starting quarterback in this league. I'm not denying that at all, but... I'm excited. But to be honest, I don't think the Jaguars are going to be that much of a force. It does make them better. Blake Bortles, I think... I think the Jaguars finally have a quarterback they can respect, in my mind. You don't think they respected him the year they went to the AFC Championship? No, Blake Bortles, no. I'm sorry, but... You might be good, but you don't respect your quarterback. I mean, you. Well, be honest with me. Why do you think they're an AFC championship? It was probably because of that defense. But defense. Blake, but Blake Bortles made plays that year. No, he. Do you want to go back to the Buffalo Bills game? How horrendous that was for him. That was terrible. Don't you can't even question that. Jack, can you believe the Bills and Jags played in a playoff game? Less yeah, than and, a year? and look how it and look how it went. It was like I don't. It was I don't even know if a touchdown was scored. Like it was terrible. You know, it was. A, it's still an entertaining game. I watched the end. I, I was I, I I was bored. I'm just gonna admit it. I did not watch the I watched the first half. Didn't watch the third quarter. Checked on my phone. It was close, and I turned it on. I mean, you had Blake Bortles and Tyrod Taylor going against each other. I mean, what is going on? Again, can you believe less than two years ago? Yeah. Those teams were playing in the wild card game, and now they're they're in the top ten of the NFL draft. That's it's hard to believe, but that's how quick the NFL can change. And speaking of change, Deshaun Jackson. Is heading back to his home. Philadelphia. Philadelphia. How about them making moves? Bryce Harper now there. Deshaun Jackson is now there. The Sixers are playing well. Le'Veon Bell might. There's a <laughs> positive. There's a positive vibe in the city of Philadelphia. I mean, Deshaun Jackson, where he became. Trust the process. Deshaun Jackson is going back to the homeland in the place where he kind of disrespected when he left when he joined the Redskins. He kind of had some backlash against them. I'll never forget um, his punt return to win the game against the Giants. I was in Wisconsin Dells watching that game. That was one of the greatest football moments I've witnessed on the TV. Pretty sure that was around Christmas time, too. Yeah, it was, actually. It was. I mean, I'm excited to see this. I'm excited to see Carson Wentz and Deshaun Jackson. They kind of do lack in the receiving core besides, you know, Alshon Jeffrey and Zach Ertz, but... I'm excited to see this. A hometown return for the um, the Philly-born kid, Deshaun Jackson. I'm excited. It's it's very exciting. I think I think he's maybe on the wrong side of his career at this point. I don't think he's necessarily. I think you showed a lot of improvement last year, though. I think so, and he will make plays in Philadelphia, and you're you're probably oh, going to see him on highlight reels. But I don't think he can be that that receiver that he. Once was again. I don't think he's on the right side of his career at this point. I'll tell you one thing: you get him on a slant, you're done. It's over if you get him on a slant. So quick. And also, he's he hasn't really been able to stay healthy. Either. That was a problem with everybody in the NFL today. No one can stay healthy. And, and moving on uh, from that, another big free agent signing: uh, Chiefs signed Tyron Matthew <laughs> to a three-year deal. Worth $42 million. The Honey Badger heads to Kansas City. The Chiefs need that bad. I mean, they had, I think, the worst defense in the NFL. And now they get the Honey Badger. And one of the safeties that's a leader. And a safety that is insane, I should say. Matthew, um, he made some noise in Houston and when he was at LSU as well. 
I'm excited to see this. Um, you know, the Chiefs are a great offensive team, but they're lacking defense terribly. I mean, you go to that Patriots AFC Championship game, they could have really used a safety in my mind there. And Tyron, I'm excited to see this. I'm excited with all these free agency signings um, yesterday. And this is a great one for the Chiefs. Obviously, they're not focused all on offense anymore. They're trying to get some pieces on the defense to try to even it out. Yeah, and for the Chiefs, it definitely they, they definitely need a signing like this. Their defense last year horrendous was absolutely horrendous, but... I think this is really is going to benefit get benefit their uh, secondary where they need a lot of help. And remember, Tom Brady absolutely tore them to shreds in the AFC Championship game. I believe at one point they were. Remember the Chargers game, the two point conversion. Yep, guy was wide open. Remember, and I think I remember this team was on pace to have statistically the worst defense ever. But the wor- but the best offense ever. Yeah, it's football's a crazy world when you have a good offense, but a really and bad I don't defense. think the the Chiefs' offense is going to be as good. They're still going to be very good, but I st- still do think Mahomes is going to have a li- is going to fall off just a little bit, just because it's hard to top what was basically his rookie yeah, season. Yeah, it, it's good. I I've said that to you as well. I mean, when you have that good of a rookie year, it's so hard to what's it called? You know, make it. You know. Continue that on for me in my mind because I mean he had one of the best rookie years in how long I can't even remember. It's been a long time. I think he broke uh, so many. Pa- I think he let's see. He had uh, fifty plus touchdown passes. He he broke. Um, I think I think it was Manning's record. Manning's record. His basically his rookie year. That's the th- yeah, and that's that's exactly what I'm saying. It is hard to you know step it up if I'm being grammar, grammatically correct, to step that up because I don't think he will ever in his career have a season like that. Uh, I think he'll come close. I think he's very talented. If he keeps playing under Andy Reid, Andy Reid is a great coach. He's going to get the most out of Patrick Mahomes, and that's I thought that was very scary when they signed him, that Andy Reid, he knows how to get the most out of his quarterbacks. If you give him someone like Mahomes, he's going to take advantage of it and – Mahomes is going to thrive off having Andy Reid as a coach. And the Chiefs, I think, once again, I think this is a great signing for him. And moving on, more big NFL free agent signings. This is a very exciting time of year. The NFL just always seems to be making headlines, doesn't it, Jack? Yeah. And the Jets get Anthony Barr and C.J. Mosley. And it looks like the Jets are also the favorites to get Le'Veon Bell, but... The Bears have a chance. I think the Eagles could be in there too. Speaking about the Bears, actually, the Bears have created 11 million of cap space by converting 13 million dollars of Khalil Mack's base salary and roster bonus into a signing bonus. So more money possibly for Bell. And other free agency news, I just just popped up on my phone. It's kind of hard to say this, but the Packers are expected to sign Adrian Amos. That's that's a tough one to say for me. The Packers are also signing linebacker Preston Smith to a four-year deal with worth fifty-two million dollars. Oh, the Packers are making moves. This is not good. Maybe they finally feel that they should. I don't know. Help the start. This is this is rough as a Bears fan. I gotta see Amos against the Bears. Uh that that's a rough one. That's expected to happen. It's not like official. Adam Schefter tweeted it, but. If that is the case, Amos had one heck of a career um, in Chicago. I mean, he was really nothing. A guy out of Penn State 
And I'm 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 glad he's on bigger and better things. To obviously the Bears didn't want to offer him as much as he probably wants because probably want Le'Veon Bell now. They probably say we don't need defense, we need offense. Jack, did you just find out about this just out of curiosity? Yes, I did actually. I just found out about this. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering because it looked like yeah, I saw yeah, I, I I was shocked to see the Packers. The Packers won all these Bears players. They wanted Khalil Mack. They wanted Kyle Fuller. Now they want. If you can't beat them, join them. Adrian Amos is now maybe a Green Bay Packer, and I mean they need it. They traded Ha Ha Clinton Dix to the Redskins and need a safety. Terrell Suggs also signs with the Cardinals on a one-year, seven million dollar deal. And I think tomorrow is the day Le'Veon Bell becomes officially available to sign a contract. That's huge. That is huge, and like we said, the Jets. But the thing is, the Jets are offering a lot of big money to these players. The Bears just positioned themselves as you know a lot of money. It's gonna be. I'm excited to see where he goes. If he goes to the Bears, I think we can both agree Jordan Howard's time is up. Probably. I think he goes to the Eagles, if anything. Maybe turning for Golden Tate. He is still available. Golden Tate, the guy who ruined the Bears season. I mean, sucks, but it's true. I, and a, guy, a former Bears rival who played for uh, Detroit Lions. Yep. And the Browns also signed Sheldon Richardson to a three-year, $36 million deal. They're going to have a very stacked defensive line. I, Miles Garrett. I think they win the division. I really do. That's bold. And it is March, everybody. And what does that mean? Oh, it is March Madness. And this week is the second best time of college basketball. Conference tournaments. And we know a lot of the teams that are going to be in this 68 field of teams. We already know some of the teams after, you know, the lower conferences had their conference championships already. But this is the week where we have the Big 12, the Big 10, the Big East, the ACC tournaments, and we're excited. And the bubble is very, very packed. Like, very packed this year. And I'm going to give it to you, Giovanni. Which bubble team needs to win most in their conference tournament? Now, we're not necessarily saying win the conference tournament. We're saying needs to win at least a game or two in their conference tournament to, you know, solidify their chances of being in that tournament and probably going to be in that first four games. The two big teams I wrote down are Clemson and Ohio State. Uh, Jack also mentioned St. John's, which I thought was interesting, but I I didn't put them on the list. I think Clemson needs to win the most uh, out of all those teams. Uh, I also put IU on there. Ohio State, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but Ohio State, Indiana, many have called this the in-and-out game um, Thursday at 11.30. It's between Indiana and Ohio State, and everyone is saying the winner of that makes the tournament, and the loser doesn't. Both teams kind of with the same resume. Ohio State is in the bracket as of now, according to John Lornardi, and IU is in the first four out. So Ohio State did beat Indiana already. So that's why many people are saying if Ohio State wins this, Ohio State's in. If IU, win, IU wins this, Ohio State wins this. But I don't think IU should be in it no matter what. But I'm not the committee, so go back to your you know case on Ohio State. I did forget IU and uh, Ohio State play on Thursday at 11:30. Yeah, we know a certain Hoosier fan that'll be watching that game. That's a big game because, like we just say, I'll be watching. Whoever too. wins that game is in the tournament, in my mind. Yeah, to uh, to me, I agree with you. I don't I don't think IU should be in the tournament unless unless some weird team in like the SEC wins their tournament and takes that spot out. Because we can certainly most agree if there's a team that's not expected to make the tournament, but wins their conference tournament will be a 12 seed, and one of these teams will be a 12 seed. 
Yep. They'll be fighting for their lives in that first round. And my bubble teams, I'm sticking to one conference. It's the Big East Conference, uh, my favorite teams in it. And everyone has called this the best conference for bubble teams just because there are so many many bubble teams this year. The Big East has lacked talent. Uh, Villanova is not even ranked anymore. Marquette is slipping. Out of the two teams, I'm going with the St. John's. St. John's, they really can't find their edge. St. John's, a team with 20 wins, just lost to Xavier this past week. But it's a team that's also swept the Marquette series and beat Villanova. But they can't find a way to win the easy games. Lost at Providence. Lost to Georgetown. Lost to Xavier. They just can't find it. And if a 20-win team like that, and they got a lot of talent, one of the best guards in the nation, can't make the tournament, it'd be really sad. And next, I'm going to bias here to Georgetown Hoyas. 19-12, and 12, just went on the road and beat Marquette. They have a huge game Thursday night at 8.30 against Seton Hall, a series that is um, tied. Seton Hall won the first game 90-75, to 75, and Georgetown won the second one in double overtime, 77-71. Many people are saying if Georgetown wants to make the bracket, they're going to have to win Seton Hall and Marquette. It just depends how people the bubble teams play. If we see a lot of bubble teams lose early in these um, conference tournaments, it could give them a shot. Well, uh, just just real quick, I do want to remind everyone to follow the Double J Podcast on Twitter just because I'll be updating everyone on whether or not Jack is alive after Thursday night's game. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because if they lose, they will be in the NIT. But if they win, I do think they deserve it. 20-12 and 12 wins over Marquette to Seton Hall. They beat the St. John's team at St. John's. But like I said, this conference is so non-consistent or anybody could win it. Maybe DePaul, I mean, honestly. They play St. John's um, tomorrow. They destroyed Georgetown. Yes, they did. I, I don't know what happened there, but in a week they beat St. Hall Marquette, but they got killed by um, DePaul. So I'm excited for this tournament. A lot of people are because this is the only conference with every team over 500. That so, is, I did not know that. So this is exciting. And talking about exciting, North Carolina sweeps the Duke series. A lot of people are going to say Zion Williamson wasn't there, but North Carolina looking playing their best basketball of the year. Duke tried to come back at the end, but they couldn't, and UNC um, secures the, the number two seed, and now Duke is the three seed. But the big friendly giant is coming back for the ACC tournament. Mike Trzeski did confirm Zion will be back for the ACC tournament. And a matchup that will be most likely against a Syracuse team that they split the series with as well. Is Zion friendly giant? Will Zion be the same from the, after this injury? Uh, probably not. I would hope that the that the Duke uh, Blue Devils are not rushing him back after this injury. Uh, he is going to come back for the ACC tournament, like you just said, and I think that Duke is going to be a force. And to be honest, if they have to play um, the Tar Heels again. Which they will if they want to make the championship game. Yeah, they both unless likely, unless they lose to Louisville, North Carolina. They they okay again. They will most likely have to play them. That is going to be a very interesting game. It's so hard to be a team twice. It's if, so what, hard to be a team three. And times. what if Zion gets hurt in that game? Uh, hopefully, hopefully it's he's not wearing Nike shoes. And we are going to talk about USC for the first time, and we're only talking about this because it's one of our favorite fighters in my mind, one of the most controversials of all time. Conor McGregor is arrested. He got released already, but in Miami, he smashed a phone, a fan's phone. Conor McGregor, once again, in trouble with the law. First, 
he threw a barricade at a bus. Second, he attacked Khabib's teammates. And now he's smashing people's phones. What is he doing? To me, I'm gonna get. I'm just gonna take a guess. This was probably some fan who saw him at the beach. I I, tried, I, I, I told you he probably said Khabib is better or something like that. That would that would be pretty funny. But I think it was probably just some fan trying to get into space and like probably saying something dumb like that. And McGregor probably just lost his temperament and just threw his phone. Are we him. ever gonna see him fight again? I, I mean, he'll be back. And the th- he's just having too many problems with the law in my mind. I, I could have swore he just got done making up time for the barricade he threw at the bus. Just to be clear, uh, he is supposed to maintain uh, a good record. He is supposed to be on his uh, that's, best that's behavior. Not a good, I don't know how the Irish are, but that's not the best behavior in my mind. No, his plea deal for the Brooklyn case, he is supposed to keep a clean record for one year. That's, nope. <laughs> But um, serve five days of community service and attend a an anger management program. I think he's going to be in an anger management program a little too long now. But the Brooklyn case is closed, which means. But still, there's I mean, no effect. He's got problems. I mean, I don't know if it's just he's cocky or he just thinks he's. I don't know what's wrong with him. He's a nice guy. I mean. Someone apparently tried. To, okay, I'm reading this now off ESPN. Someone attempted at 5 a.m. in Miami Beach. A uh, 22-year-old man attempted to take a picture of Conor McGregor. Guy was probably just jogging around, you know? Apparently, he slapped the phone out of the man's hand, then stomped on it several... He stomped on it several times. I, I gotta say, he might, he had to say something about the Khabib fight in my mind. <laughs> Calling him maybe like a coward or something. Because I, I don't think McGregor cares if people take pictures of him. I mean, he loves the camera. He loves the spotlight. Although, I do have to say, if you're going to say to Conor McGregor directly to his face that he's a punk, then wow, that guy is the... Uh, he might have been on... He might have been drinking Conor McGregor's whiskey. Because that, you do not say that to Conor McGregor, I mean... That's brave. Conor McGregor can turn you into a pretzel in, like, five seconds. So we're going to go to fact or fiction first... Oh, the Warriors have the best starting five in NBA history. Giovanni, you can go first. Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, DeMarcus Cousins. I think three of them are probably Hall of Famers at this point. Draymond Green and Boogie Cousins are probably on the bubble. More so, Draymond Green. I mean, it's hard to argue that they're not the best starting five ever. Fiction. No one will ever compare the Jordan, Rodman, Pippen, Grant, Kerr, all those guys. Don't I don't want to hear the Warriors. They just lost to the worst team in the NBA this past week. We'll talk about that later. But they do not have the best starting five ever. Yes, the stats show it. But if you're telling me you would rather have that than Jordan, Pippen, Rodman, and all those guys, you're crazy. I don't care who it is. I, I really don't care who it is, but don't I don't think they have the best starting five ever. All right, Tim Tebow will make it to the major league. I think so. No. Um, I it's not it's more of a marketing decision than a baseball decision, I guess. Um, we can I think both agree if he makes the MLB, the profits for the Mets will go up in terms of jersey sales and ticket prices. He's had made some noise, actually, in spring training. He has had a couple of good games. I would love to see him. It'd be cool, you know, to see Tim Tebow on the MLB. 
I if but if he only makes it be for merchandising and stuff, not because he's a good baseball player. Yeah, and I don't think Tim Tebow is anywhere near. And I'm not hating on Tim Tebow by any means, but I don't think he's anywhere near good enough to even be considered for. I don't even think it would be worth it for a team to essentially. I don't want to say they would waste a roster spot on him. Yeah, but who else do the Mets have to use it on? A player that might contribute. Tim Tebow is probably not going to con- contribute positively to the team. He will. Outside of revenue sales. He'll get people in those seats. I think I think the Mets should care more about uh, the quality on the field, on the baseball field. And I'm just saying, if he does, it's merchandising, not because a anyway, true baseball player. That's, that's my thing. R.J. Barrett is taking over J.A. Morant in the NBA draft. For people that don't know J.A. Morant, one phenomenal player out of Murray State who just won their conference tournament because of J.A. Morant. J.A. Morant is now the second-rated prospect in going into the NBA draft class. Would you take R.J. over J.A. Morant? Uh, I think NBA – I would, and I think NBA teams would just because of his name and where he went to school. If I don't think fans are going to be too happy if you take someone from Murray State – who you probably haven't heard of all season. But you say that, but you got to remember, Damian Lillard, Weber State. Well, here's the thing. A lot of uh, the owner, the owners get upset when the GMs say, oh, there's, like, it's the same reason international players are, don't, don't get drafted sometimes. Not because they don't think that the international players are better, just because you see someone in March Madness kill it for a week or three games. Well, and it just hasn't been a week. It's been a whole year he's been dominating – the college basketball world. I think Jay Morant will be taking over RJ Barrett. Um, John, it, it will depend on how the draft order stacks. Up. John Rosenthal, a um, CBS college basketball analyst. I follow him and I enjoy his um I enjoy his work. He always has like a funny um pun to say after a team wins. That's you know kind of big. He said during the conference tournament for Murray State, there were about thirty scouts. I'm just going off estimates. 15 GMs and three owners at those games. Games where he got triple doubles almost. I'm just saying, I like the J. I'm going on, I'm going on a J. Morant train. Bryce Harper's jersey sales will be worth more than half of the Phillies roster's salary. Probably. Fact, yeah. Um, what was it? His jersey sales were the most ever after a free agent signing in North America history, something like that. I believe it. And my friend, my, three of my friends already ordered Bryce Harper jerseys on the Phillies. Yeah, it's a big, him going to um, Philly is a big deal. And did you hear the other day when he said, I want to bring a championship to yeah. D.C.? The one thing, I, I don't like his number. His number just, it, it irritates me. But he didn't wear 34 because he did Yeah, didn't... I respect that. Now he's number three like Allen Iverson. He's the answer, I guess. A, ri- a wide receiver will be taken in the first round of the NFL draft. Yes, uh, if I'm... D- yes, D.K. Metcalf. I think that's how you say his name. I wrote it down. The somewhere. man, uh, just a picture, has made this guy going viral. D.K. Metcalf from Ole Miss. And a guy who's had an incredible story, an incredible combine. And he is, I think, projected actually to go to the Bills at the number nine spot. He's already a meme. He's a big dude. Have you seen him? Y- yes, I've seen him. The... Um, I think he goes first round. Bucks will make it to the NBA Finals. No, I don't trust. I still don't trust this team in the playoffs. I think, I don't. I think maybe just because they've had experience, but they've also had bad experience. But maybe you know, hey, they, maybe they could. East is open this year. It really is. It's wide open. AB and Le'Veon Bell will reunite in Oakland. 
and Oakland will draft a quarterback. Um, that's well, it was fact until you say we'll draft a quarterback because they have Derek Carr. Have you forgotten how crazy John Gruden is? I don't think he's that crazy. I mean, who else are you gonna find better than Derek Carr? And that's out there. That's out there. Like answer. I don't that. think he likes Derek Carr to be. But honest. who's better than Derek Carr out there right now? He might think Kyler Murray. No. He, if he, I told if I told you a year ago the Bears are gonna get Khalil Mack, what would you have said? I would have said probably not, but I didn't know because I didn't have the money. You didn't think John Gruden would be dumb enough to trade him. He's not going to get rid of Derek Carr, though. That's the thing. He's got Antonio Brown, and Antonio Brown loves Derek Carr. It's a connection right there. But I do think there is a chance for Bell and Brown to reunite in Oakland. Oakland does have a lot of money. And the killer bees and Derek Carr, the BBC connection, like I say. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown in Las Vegas. That's going to end well. I think that will be cool. We'll go to the NBA, and a team that is really struggling are those Boston Celtics. After going to Golden State and beating the Warriors after the resurrection of Gordon Hayward, it seems not good enough for NBA fans as they are sitting in fifth place and a half game back of the um, Indianapolis Pacers. What's wrong with them? Can they turn it around? The Celtics did lose last night to the Clippers 140-15. to to the Clippers. I just saw that. Wow. 140 to 15. Are the Clippers the best team in LA now? Can the Celtics turn it around though? I think they're going to turn it around at some point. Maybe they won't. Maybe they're going to stay at the fifth seed. My thing is, it's Kyrie's fault. I think he's ruining the Celtics. I I think his ego was too big because we all know what he we all know why he left Cleveland. He wanted his own team. He didn't want to play with LeBron. Now he's kind yeah, of I think that I don't I wouldn't want to play with LeBron right now still. Is, uh, nothing's going good for him in LA. But the thing is, Kyrie Irving, I think, has the, too big of an ego. And you see him in these press, confer- press conferences. He does not ki- he does not give one crap about anything. I mean, he sits there and just, yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, he doesn't care. I, I mean, I, he did say that he's going to stop answering to the media I because don't, they supposedly twist his words. I don't think he generally cares about the Celtics anymore. I really think he is ruining the Celtics this year. That's my that's my opinion. And the Lakers, they are bringing up success story Andre Ingram. He got the call yesterday, and I think the Lakers play tonight, I believe, and probably expect to play him as well. And LeBron is now going to be on restricted minutes. Alonzo Ball's out for the year. Brandon Ingram's out for the year. Kuzma's out for a long time. Is it tank for Zion time for these LA Lakers? I don't think it's tanking. I think they just realize they're not going to make the playoffs. But you think they're going to tank now? That's what that's what the thing is. Are they going to tank for the rest of the year? Not care. I don't think they're going to tank. A LeBron James really? team tanking is just so ridiculous. And tanking for Zion, what would the Lakers have to do to even be in contention for the number one pick? I think, I mean, well, the Suns and Knicks are there. So we'll see that. What's wrong with the Lakers, though? I'll let you answer this first because... Mine, in my opinion, might take a little longer than yours. And our opinions are probably much different. And to be honest, I don't think the Lakers put the right team around LeBron James. If you're building, if you want to build a successful team with LeBron James, when LeBron James has won championships or gotten to the championship, I think they, maybe well, they, they, tr- they tried. <laughs> yes, but you have to have three-point shooters. JaVale McGee is not a three-point shooter. Lance okay, I, I admit, I admit that was a terrible sign. Rajon Rondo is not a three-point shooter. Lonzo Ball is not a three-point shooter. But did you hear? The Lakers coaching staff wanted to overrule Magic decision. They want the Lakers wanted to sign Brooke Lopez and Julius Randle back over JaVale McGee, Michael Beasley, and Lance Stevenson. 
Well, here's here's my one thing with that though. Doesn't that prove LeBron isn't the GM though? But you know who can shoot threes, right? Brooke Lopez. He's on the Bucks now, I believe. Yeah, he's one, he. I think is statistically the best three point shooting center this year. There's your center. There's your three point shooter right there. And they've tried they've tried to turn this team around, but and LeBron said he was going into playoff mode. I didn't that, buy that. That that went that went terrible. That went yeah, that went to a, that went to no mode. That's gonna be a meme for a long time. LeBron's my my reason mode. is they're missing their best. No, I shouldn't say best. They're no, imp- most impactful player, and it's Lonzo Ball. You look at this team. When Lonzo Ball was on this team, well, I should say when he was playing, they were in the playoffs. I, I Yes, they were. They were in the playoffs. Even when LeBron was out, they were still winning games. And on January 19th, Lonzo Ball gets hurt. The Lakers since then have won, if I'm statistically correct, Four games. When LeBron James is with the Lakers, he is 24 and 21. When Lonzo Ball is with the Lakers, he is 25 and 21. When the Lakers are with without Lonzo Ball, they are 4 and 13, I believe. When the Lakers are without LeBron, Kuz, and Zoe, that is 6 and 12. But the point is, when LeBron is out of the lineup, only just LeBron, they're 5 and 4 on a 500 record. It's obviously Lonzo Ball is out, and you might hate it because his dad says some controversial things, or you just can't take in the fact that Lonzo Ball is actually an impactful player. But it's true. He's one of the best defensive guards in the league. We all can agree that. I mean, his stats were insane against some of the best players in the NBA. Yes, he can't shoot, but he is a playmaker. you got to remember that. And, yes, you might hate the fact that I'm saying Lonzo Ball is bigger of an impact than LeBron, but it is true. Look at the Lakers right now. When Kuzma and Ingram are full 100%, they didn't win games. They still lost. They had a good lead against the Bucks. Blew it. Lost to the Clippers. They probably lost to the Suns. They did lose to the Suns, actually. Did, actually. The thing is, it's Lonzo Ball. I know LeBron is one of the greatest players of all time. I'm not saying he's not. But I'm saying, in terms of this year and impact, it's where Lonzo Ball is. You look at the stats. You can say I'm wrong. You can say I'm stupid. But look at the stats, and I want to hear you talk to me next. That's the point. Point is, is it over for Luke Walton? A lot of harsh comments have been, and a lot of sources have been saying this is the end of the road. At the end, they don't want to fire him. In the middle, they just want to get the season done and get rid of him. I think at this point, it kind of has to be over for yeah. Luke Walton. I yeah. don't think him and LeBron have seen eye to eye. I think that's yeah. I think it's just that. I don't think it's that they have any ill will towards each other. I think LeBron James couldn't stand um, I think David if, Blatt. I think he's older than Luke Walton too, right? Yeah. I think if you're older than a coach, that's not good. Yeah, LeBron James did not like David Blatt. He did not. I don't think he was that fond of Tyron Lue. I think it's different with Luke Walton. I think Luke Walton. It's just that his methods aren't working. I just, I just think Luke Walton just is. He's he's um easy to push around in my mind. Like. I can easily see that guy getting pushed around by players, not no one listening to him. Really, if the Lakers want to sign someone, this is going to sound crazy. I think go for Tom Thibodeau. Wow, you, uh, that that shocks me because Jack. I I, I I do hate him for what he did to Derrick Rose, but you need someone to push you, and this is a guy to push, and we all know he pushes his players as harder than any coach. I'd like to see him with the Lakers. I think it'd be a great connection. I mean, he you can't you can't um deny that he had good seasons with the Bulls. Can't deny that. They went 62 and 20, I believe, one year. I think so. I think that's the right record. Point is, I like Tom Thibodeau. 
in LA next year. I think that'd be a great, great one. I don't think it's going to happen. And someone who's been making headlines is Trey Young. Trey Young has been unbelievable after the All Star break, almost averaging a triple double. Is it time that we respect Trey Young? Uh, I'll admit I was wrong about Trey Young. I just didn't think I thought it was ridiculous when people were comparing him to Steph Curry. I don't think he'll ever be Steph Curry, no. but I do think he's going to be a solid player in the NBA. He certainly has shut me up over the past few weeks. He shut a lot of people up. I'll admit that. And uh, I'm not sure if you were the biggest fan of him, but I was. I I, I want to give him a chance because he can shoot. That is true, uh, but I just. Trey Young has been unbelievable. Uh, the Hawks, uh, I don't think they're still doing that great. No. So, I think maybe that's why it's it's getting yeah. attention. But we did talk about last week whether or not he'd be win uh, Rookie of the Year over Luka Doncic and Ben He's Simmons, not. But. but if he would have had the success the whole year, then absolutely. See, it, we need to respect him. Now, you said the Steph Curry comparison. It sucks. As a college athlete coming into the NBA draft, to have high expectations. He's never said he is Steph Curry. He's never said he's better than Steph Curry. He doesn't have a dad. He doesn't have a dad saying he's better than Steph Curry. He's never asked for that label. Pe- media gave him that label and he's got to live with it. Well, and, I think anyone now that has the game has a game of they they shoot the three ball very the well point, and they're quick. The point be is Steph Curry. People are criticizing him because they're calling people are calling the next Steph Curry, but he's never said he is Curry. He's never said he's better than Curry. And no one really recognizes him because he plays for Atlanta. I mean, like, no one pays attention to the Atlanta Hawks. I mean, John Collins averaging 19 points a game at Atlanta. Bet you didn't know that. No one cares about Atlanta. That's the thing. And when you're Trey Young, a guy who's been almost getting triple doubles every game, hitting 30 points almost every game, it's hard, especially in Atlanta because – Atlanta has been a dead basketball city ever since they were so good that one year where they sent five all their starters to the All-Star game. Fact, hold on, Jack, real quick. Fact or fiction, Atlanta United is bigger than the Atlanta Hawks. Probably, because, <laughs> because there's just not a great fan base there anymore. They were really in the bottom of the league, and, you know, when you're in the bottom of the league for a long time, it's hard to get noticed is, I think, the point. And, you know, it sucks for a player like Trey Young, who's a great player. So, yeah. The Warriors, they lose to the Suns, and I think this is I, this caught my mind. After the game, there was a press conference as usual. Clay Thompson gets mad at the fans for not showing support at the end. As we said, the Suns beat the Warriors this past week. Is Clay Thompson's time with the Warriors coming up after those comments about the fans? I can certainly see Clay wanting to leave in the offseason. Obviously, I don't, they're not going to be able to keep Kevin Durant and Clay. That's Thompson. the thing. One of them goes, pick it. <laughs> I, I just, I would, that's going to be the I, had the headline of the summer right there. Now, <laughs> that and Kyrie Irving. If Clay leaves, we know he, he's going to LA. We can certainly agree on that. If KD, if KD leaves, he's going to New York. So somebody's getting someone good. Somebody's getting a good rookie and a think, good player. I don't think KD goes to New York. Where would he go instead, though? That's the thing. I I wouldn't. I can't. I think he stays in uh, Golden State. Then Clay Thompson goes. Where would he go besides the Lakers? Uh, I think I think the Lakers would be a good choice. Yeah, they have one max contract for him. I mean, you know, Clay would like a max contract. And I, the Warriors again, they cannot give KD and. Clay Thompson. And then there's DeMarcus, who's a free agent, I believe. It was, an, it was a one-year deal, right? 
Yep. A veteran minimum, something like that. I don't know what they call it. Something ridiculous. So we're going to end the show with our occasional Double J list. And this is going to be a little trick. This is going to be a little tricky. The five best players in order, not named Zion Williamson or R.J. Barrett in this year's NBA draft class. Giovanni, start with number five. Best guys in NBA draft class, not named Zion Williamson or R.J. Barrett. Well, to be honest, I haven't really paid attention to the draft class that much outside of uh, the Duke players and uh, the Murray State uh, J.A. Morant. But uh, I think one person, Keldon Johnson at Kentucky. Kentucky maybe not having their best year. Yeah, they've been a little quiet. But I think this team can make an impact come tournament time. And Johnson's still been solid. I think he'll be a, a good point guard in the NBA. Um, Jared Culver at Texas Tech. Texas Tech. Uh, Number they're 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 up there now. Texas Tech has had a pretty good year. They have actually. No, I certainly agree with you. And I think Culver's had a lot to do with that. And uh, the Tar Heels. You told me you think they're going to win the tournament. I, I won't go I that did. far. Yeah, but Nas. Uh, forgive me if I butcher his name. Nasir Little. Uh, he was hyped up. Th- when he he's first just started. not getting any playing time. But I think he'll be a solid guard in the NBA. And then there's R.J. Barrett and J.A. Morant. I would put R.J. Barrett over M- J.A. Morant. But R.J. Barrett, you can't, remember? Can't pick R.J. Oh. Can't pick R.J. Oh, Barrett. Oh, sorry, not R.J. Barrett. Um, Cam, Cam Reddish. Reddish. Cam Reddish. Go. I wrote it wrong. Uh, Cam Reddish. Def- I, I think I would put Cam Reddish over J.A. Morant. I like Cam I'm a big fan of Cam Reddish. Yes, I am. He's the, can you believe he's the third best player on this team? Yeah. That's unbelievable. So, there's, so what do you got, number one left? Number one, I would put Jay Morant. Yeah, Jay Morant. I agree with that. Number five, um, this guy has been sneaking up, Kobe White of North Carolina. If you watch in North Carolina, you see a dude with pink shoes and Afro hair. That's who I'm talking about. He has been insane. For North Carolina, I was watching him against the Duke game. He just balled out. Number four, I'm gonna go with Roy Hashimura of Gonzaga. Um, I got to see him play against the um, Duke in the Maui in the Invitational Tournament. He really um, surprised me from Japan. So I think he's the number four prospect. Number three, I think it's this is gonna be a surprise to some people. Bruno Fernando, six ten center out of Maryland. He has definitely made fun, some noise as Maryland is, you know, making some noise in the Big Ten as well. I think he is, you know, for a team that needs a center, it's hard to make a name, though, for a center rookie. But I think he's up there if we're not going to go RJ or Zion. Number two is Cam Reddish. Um, I always talk about Cam Reddish. You know, I, I love Cam Reddish. He's a great player. His three-point shooting is great. I'd love to see the Bulls get him because they need some three-point shooting in my mind. So I think he's a second one. And number one is J.A. Morant, like we were talking about. This kid has been balling up this whole year, has made the world notice him. I think he is the second pick overall. I, I think we both can say, you know, Zion, number one, and J.A. Morant or R.J. Barrett is number two. But I am excited for this draft class. There's a lot of great talent, and I'm excited to see what the talent presents to us on draft day. I can't wait to see what the draft order looks like. That's going to be interesting because whoever is number one is probably going to pick Zion. Yeah. So we want to thank you guys for tuning in. Double J Podcast been presented by Lake Central Media. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. You'll see our logo. It's a podcast logo. Black, blue, and white. We always go on Tuesdays. Sometimes we might have to rain check, but 
always stay tuned. Like we said, follow us on Twitter at the Double J Podcast. I want to thank you guys for tuning in to this week's Double J Podcast presented by Lake Central Media. Have a good day, everybody.